Welcome to the Princeton Evangelical Free Church Podcast. I'm John Padno, the lead pastor here at PEFC, where it is our desire to equip people to grow together in Christ. Our hope is that this podcast is a help and an encouragement to you this week. May God bless you as you listen. What are four things you wish were different about you or your life? You could reinvent your personality or your habits, your character. You could transform it all with the snap of a finger. What would it look like? For some of you, as you're writing these things down and thinking about maybe uh, included in your list is I'd like to lose 25 pounds or uh, maybe I'd like to have more time or money, I'd, I'd like to exercise more, go to bed earlier. Uh, for some of you, maybe as you think about snap of your finger, uh, something you wish to happen in 2020 is that your favorite sports team would win it all just once. Or maybe as I hear people cough, you just want your health back. When you think about God's blessing for this next year, how would you finish these sentences? Maybe they're one and the same, but God's blessing in 2020 would be blank. Or God would prove his blessing in my life by... God's blessing in 2020 would be, and God would prove his blessing in my life by doing or being what? And now I hope you have at least a mental list in your mind. I want to ask you, how do your two lists compare with Jesus' definition of blessing from Luke chapter 6? Jesus lifts up his eyes to his disciples and he said, Blessed, the truly happy are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. How many of you had being poor on your list? Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you. And when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man, rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven. For so their fathers did to the prophets. And so, which would you rather have? Your list of four things that you wish were different about you, or God's blessing? And the question I always like to ask is, can you have both? Can you have both? You see, before we get into this concept of blessing in the realm of the kingdom, I think this is, is very spot on. You know, as believers, we frequently ask God to bless us or our work, but we do that without considering whether we're in a position to receive God's blessing 
or if we would really want to be placed in such a position of blessing. For instance, Noah, was he a man blessed by God? Absolutely, through faithful obedience, and yet through the story of Noah, we see God condemning the world. Or simply put, God's blessing of Abraham included him leaving everything he knew in order to go to a place by faith that he had never been before. Or think about Joseph. He received God's blessing as a slave and a prisoner long before he received God's blessing as a government official. Thus, as believers, our desire for God's blessing needs to be enriched with a proper biblical understanding of the nature of God's blessing. And so before we get into the practical of what it means to be a person of blessing, we're going to look at the concept of blessing and cursing as we see in Genesis. As we talked and sang about in the song, Come Thou Fount, or as we sing in the doxology, we praise God from what? Whom all blessings flow. That first and foremost, in this concept of blessing, all blessing comes from God. We see this in the very beginning. In Genesis 1, God saw everything that he made. Was there anything that existed that God did not make? No. He creates everything from nothing. He looks on all that he had made and he said, it is in fact very good and he can rest. As James puts it, every good and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation and no shadow due to change. For those of you who are Christians, who know and love Jesus, Paul says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with what? Every, every, everyone say every, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Is there any lack in spiritual blessings? Absolutely not. All blessing comes from God, and as we think about Genesis, this idea of blessing and cursing, we see that what interrupts the blessing of God is the curse of sin, and with it, rebellion. Think about it. God, who was once found walking in the coolness of the garden, pronounces a curse on the ground and man is not just driven from the garden, but he is separated from God, and those two things are linked. Think about those who are godly and blessed are referred to as people who walk with God. These two ideas are connected. Even Cain sees this as he thinks about his curse. He says, behold, not only you have driven me today from the ground, but also from your face, God, I shall be hidden. It is separation. The curse, in essence, is an alienation from the presence of God. It is a separation from God that may manifest itself in various ways, like wickedness and fruitlessness and hopelessness. But at its core, curse is bound up in its relationship to God. This becomes important because we think about then blessing is in fact conditional to a relationship with God, first and foremost. 
To say it this way, if the curse is bound up with the idea of I am alienated or separated from God, then the idea of God's blessing can be summarized with God declaring, I am with you. As we think about blessing, specifically in Genesis, we think about things that blessing contain. Right? Blessing may contain things like fertility or riches or life, but at its very core, blessing always pivots on the fact of relationship and walking with God. I'll say it another way. Negatively speaking, blessing cannot be found outside of relationship with God. Blessing from God may include many things, but there is no blessing that can be found outside of relationship with God. Which is why Jesus says, but seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, and what? Everything else can be added to that. But at its very core, it is relationship with God and his kingdom. In fact, God's presence is then linked with his people by those who are on the outside as well. So let's look at this. This is the story of Isaac. In Genesis, we see, he says, sojourn in this land, and God says, I will be with you. Everyone say, I will be with you. And not only I will be with you, but because I will be with you, I will bless you. For to you and to your offspring, I will give all these lands, and I will establish, establish the oath that I swore to Abraham, your father. Again, in the same chapter, the Lord appeared to Isaac the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham. Your father, fear not, for I am with you and will bless you and multiply your offspring for my servant Abraham's sake. Now, those that are on the outside looking at the people of blessing, like Abimelech, he says, We plainly see that the Lord has been with you. So we said, Let there be a sworn pact between us, between you and us, and let us make a covenant with you that you will do us no harm just as we have not touched you and done nothing to you but good and have sent you away in peace because you are now seen as the blessed of the Lord. As we think about blessing and cursing from Genesis, one last piece before we get and as we transition to the practical in our life is really there's only the two. There's blessing and there's cursing. And so I want you to think about that and take a little bit of an inventory of that as you think about this idea of blessing and cursing in your life. There's only the two options. In the relationships around you, are you a blessing as you go or are you a curse? Wherever God's blessed are, right, the promise is that those around them would experience blessing because of them. And if you say, I am a blessing to all my relationships around, I would then ask a very practical question. How so? Not just in our relationship of being blessing or cursing, but also in our attitude towards others. 
Do I bless them when I think of them and they come to mind, or do I curse them? Right? We think about Jesus' words, right? But I say to you, bless your enemies and those who persecute you. So as certain people come to your mind, when they come to your mind, and when maybe if you're like me, and I think you're more like me than unlike me, that there are times that people come to your mind where you want to curse them. Do you take hold and say, I will not curse them, but I will actually pray a blessing for them in this moment? And what is the prayer that guides your day? Is it a prayer of blessing? Lord, make me a blessing. Lord, let me see your blessing. Lord, let me feel your blessing. I'm afraid living life on this side of the fall, if we do not have a prayer of blessing that guides our day, we will be swallowed up with the curse that is all around us. I want you to turn to Psalm chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1. This is where we're going to get into some practical application a little bit more in terms of what it means to be blessed by God and the contrary of the wicked. Just as there's only blessing and cursing, in Psalm chapter 1 we see that there are only two ways in this life. There are two ways. There's the blessed man or woman, and there is the wicked man or woman. There is only the two. We look at Psalm chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. The psalmist writes and sort of uh, prefaces the whole book of Psalms. He says, Blessed is the man who walks, who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. So we have a list of three things that the blessed man or woman does not do. The first thing that the blessed man or woman does not do is they do not walk in the counsel of the wicked. That is to say, you are seeking good counsel and you're not buying into the counsel of those who are far from God. Now, as I've stated before, and this is important, we are revelation receivers. So if we're not actively receiving good counsel and revelation, we will be passively receiving all sorts of different counsel in our life. So if you want to be spared from heartache and other sort of anxieties and stress, the first thing that's going to make you happy is, is finding wise counsel. Wise counsel and, of course, Jesus. Wise counsel in the scriptures. Wise counsel as we find in godly men and women. The second thing a blessed man or woman does not do is they do not stand in the way of the sinner. That is to say, you have not decided habitually or otherwise to do things that are contrary to God and his way. And maybe this is an inventory thing. Maybe this is a, okay, Lord, am I, am I participating in anything that is clearly against what you desire for my life? Right? We think about this very plainly and simply. Does God desire good for us? Are things that are outside of him bad for us in our relationships? 
Absolutely, the wages of sin is death. And so we think, okay, if I'm habitually deciding to stand in the way of the sinner, meaning I'm, I'm deciding to do things that are contrary to God, I am setting myself up for failure. So think, Lord, am I standing in the way, the path of the sinner? Last but not least, the third thing a blessed man or woman does not do is they do not sit in the seat of the scoffer. Now, this is interesting. I had to look up what the word scoffer means here. And I like this. A scoffer is a disagreeable person, unpleasant, a person who is not pleasant nor agreeable. Sounds like a great person to be friends with, right? You do not sit in the seat of the scoffer, meaning you do not find your rest and security in bitterness and in cursing. I think sometimes we can get so overwhelmed with our negative ideas, and maybe it's an overwhelming thing. I don't know. But sometimes we can find our rest, instead of in God, we can find rest in bitterness, either against other people or, or maybe in just our own rebellion. But I think if, if you are like me, and again, I think you're more like me than you're unlike me, if you are resting in bitterness and negativity, you will spill that out onto everybody around you, right? I mean, it's, it's just going to be natural. Bitterness wells up in the heart, and it spills and splashes all over everything, and it's gross. You're not going to be very happy. That's how you spend your year. Those are three things that they do not do, but a blessed man or woman, as it says in verse 2, delights in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day or night. What the psalmist highlights here is that the battle starts first and foremost in the mind. And so we must do battle with God's truth. There's a practical delighting and meditating on God's Word. Uh, this time of year, maybe many of you have seen it already, there's many different Scripture reading plans that are out uh, that you can read through the Bible in a year. Maybe some of you are so far from reading the Bible in the year that I would suggest to you start with reading a verse a day. Read a verse a day. Right, The battle for the mind starts somewhere so start doing battle in that area of your life, even if it's in a simple way. This psalm sort of pivots on uh, two sort of imageries of descriptors. It says, The blessed man or woman is like a tree that is planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. Does that sound like a life that you want? A description of you? To be like a tree planted firmly? To be fruitful? To not be withered? Right? Even the scenery, the lush green, I want to be there. <laughs> right? 
planted by streams of water that never run dry, as, as we talked about, the reality for those of you who are in Jesus is that Christ has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. That is redemption. That is adoption. That is the gift of the Holy Spirit. So it's not that we haven't been given these things. It's just we need to learn to live in the reality of those things. To receive all of those blessings. The promise here is that not only we're planted by streams of water, we're given all of the, the spiritual gifts that we need, but we're also promised that we'll yield fruit in its season. The promises of fruitfulness in the season where it is needed. So uh, maybe, for instance, right now, you may not need the fruitfulness of patience. You might not need the fruitfulness of faith, but the promise of God for those who are planted deeply and rooted in him is that when you need faith, that fruitfulness will come, and it will be a fruit that is born in the season that it's needed, and it's going to taste good, right? The same is with patience. The same is with peace. This tree, the leaf does not wither, but it's beautiful regardless of the circumstances, regardless of drought or what goes around it. It is beautiful. And they prosper in relationship with God and his blessing. God brings about his blessings to all who honor him in everything they do. Does this mean that choosing to honor God will be easy or that you will see immediate fruitfulness or that you won't have moments that you feel tired? No. But the promise of blessing is that although life may be hard, maybe I'll scratch that, the promise of blessing is that life is going to be hard, but you will be spared from more heartache and heavy burden apart from Christ. That you will have a refuge and a strength. The promise of blessing is that although the fruitfulness may not be apparent now, that the kingdom fruitfulness is coming in a big way and will not be able to be contained. The promise is that when you feel tired and reach the end of your strength, you can find a strength and a beginning of God's enabling grace. Now the wicked, as the psalmist says in verse 4, look at it with me as we begin to land the plane. The wicked are not so, but the wicked, they're like the chaff that the wind drives away. Maybe something that's maybe more ready to our mind. They're like dandelions. How many kids like to play with dandelions? Right? What happens when a little bit of a breeze comes over the dandelion? Yeah, they, they dissipate. They disappear. That's sort of what the psalm says, that right now there are, there are some wicked people in our life, and maybe people who don't know Jesus, that we look at them like the dandelion and we think we're, they're pretty neat. Right? We think that they are pretty neat. The promise of the psalmist is that at the lightest breeze, they're, they're going to dissipate. Right? And that the breeze is in fact coming. The lightest breeze, the strongest storm or wind, judgment in the end, eventually it's coming and they're going to dissipate. 
Now the strong tree planted by the river, can this handle a breeze? Can it handle a strong wind and a storm? Absolutely. The wicked are not so. Eventually it will happen. And so we are not to be dandelion people. Right? We're not to be dandelion people with dandelion prayers and dandelion desires that are here today and gone tomorrow, but trees planted by streams of living water. Because the wicked, they will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. But the Lord, on the other hand, he knows the way of the righteous because he orders their steps. But the way of the wicked eventually will perish. Do you want to be a tree or do you want to be a dandelion? Last but not least, as we move into this time of blessing, I want to conclude with this idea that God's blessing is missional. God's blessing is missional. God's promise to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, he says, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. Everyone say, be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you and through you all the families of the earth, they shall be blessed. God's blessing is missional. Again, in Deuteronomy chapter 4, it says this, See, I have taught you statutes and rules as the Lord my God commanded me that you should do them in the land that you are entering to take possession of it. Keep them and do them, for that will be your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the people, who when they hear of all these things, when they see your life, they will say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. For what great nation is there that has a God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us? whenever we call upon him, right? So maybe think about it in, in terms of uh, missionally as our church, right? That those around us would see us as a people of God's blessing, that they would say what? What other church is there that has a God so near to them like the Lord God? Or maybe it's your family planted in the neighborhood that the Lord has planted you in. And the prayer is that those around you, as you are being blessed, as you are following the Lord, they would say, what sort of family is there that has a God so near to them like the Lord God in all that they do? As 2 Corinthians 9.11 says this, you will be enriched in every way in order that you would be generous in every way, which through us will produce a thanksgiving ultimately, to God. Kids, let your light shine among all men so that they may see your good works and do what? Glorify your Father who is in heaven. As we close, I want to ask uh, the elders and their spouses to, to make their, their way up front. Uh, maybe we can have an elder and their spouse in the back as well. I'm going to close with the benediction. And, and the way that this works, if you've never been a part of this, it is with this idea of God's blessing in mind, uh, we ask that you would take some time with some elder and, and their spouse and actually pray with them. 
Uh, it can be about specific things in your life. It can be about general, just general prayers of blessing in your life, big and small, specific, unspecific. Before we go, I want to give a missional blessing that is very common to us from Numbers chapter 6. Would you please stand? The missional blessing from God is that the Lord would bless you and keep you, that the Lord would make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you, and that the Lord would lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, that wherever you went, so too the countenance of the Lord, the shining of the Lord would, would be upon you and would be with you in all of the places. The Lord says, so shall they put my name upon the people of Israel, and because I am with you, you will be blessed. So may you go with that idea of God's blessing. Go and spend some time praying for the Lord's blessing in your year. And please join us downstairs for some coffee and conversation. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. And consider subscribing and sharing with others. If you'd like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please go to princetonfree.com. God bless.